This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And this is kind of a strange one. It is. Okay, let me get, get my voice ready here. <clears throat> Welcome to Food Stuff Super Food Stuffed Action Packed Special Effects Episode. Ooh. Starring food. There will be blood, guts, vomit. Oh, yeah. Everything you can imagine, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of foods uh, or a lot of effects that are produced in the film and theater industry are made of food. Yeah. And uh, we got to thinking about this. We were going to try to make it for the Oscars. but Uh, That didn't happen. Missed that, but it's still on our brain. And we have our first non-How Stuff Works in-house guest. Yes, uh, uh, we got to sit down with V. Kelly, um, who is a special effects human in the industry, um, and and learn a couple of her a couple of her secrets. Yeah, yeah. But first, but first, what are we talking about, really? <laughs> well, food has long been used in movies for practical special effects. Particularly in horror movies. Which Annie and I are both big fans of. We, so. we are. I may have stayed up way too late watching some <laughs> last night. <laughs> um, like, think the pea soup from The Exorcist. That's a classic example. Food really brings it when it comes to looking gross. Um, and sometimes <laughs> food is a stand-in for non-food things, and sometimes it's used to create sound effects, too. So it's got a lot of uses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to do an entirely separate episode on food styling. That is a whole thing. Real food presents all kinds of problems on any set due to time and conditions, um, you know, heat from the lights or or heat from the performers or just the ambient temperature, dust in the air, all sorts of things. You know, chocolate melts, cheese sweats, salad wilts, cut fruit browns, whole fruit bruises, eggs break, performers have allergies. Uh, anything and everything silly that you've ever had happen in your kitchen multiplied by X number of people's time and money multiplied by X number of takes that you have to do. Is some serious opportunity for Murphy's Law to kick in. So therefore, food styling is a very particular art. It is, yes. And and a lot of the time, the food that you see on camera is not food. Right. For example, in the first Harry Potter movie, the food in the Great Hall was real. Um, 
at first. <laughs> it caused some problems and a lot of waste. So starting with the second film, they're like, nah, we're not going to do this anymore. And they cast the food and resin. Oh. Yeah. One time that real food was used was in Star Wars The Force Awakens when uh, in the beginning of the film when Ray kind of scarfs that quarter portion of, of bready food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that instantly rising bread was a practical effect that took about three months Ooh. to perfect um, and was definitely edible, though perhaps not particularly nutritional or tasty. I find that's generally the case. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you have some experience with this sort of thing. That's all right. I've done some acting myself. And I, on the question of are actors really drinking that beer? No, probably not. Um, it's Most of the time you're not. It's probably near beer. Near beer? Near beer, which is very bland, carbonated, meant to look like beer drink. Uh-huh. You can get, like, recently I did a shoot where we were drinking Coors Light near beer. So it's just Coors Light, but not with no alcohol. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um and eating and drinking presents an interesting challenge for film editors if the amount in your wine glass keeps changing or whatever. And as an actor, you might be excited about eating that slice of pie. I have an upcoming shoot where I could eat a slice of cake, but 22 takes later. Oh. You feel like you're going to puke and your clothes are tight, you feel gross, you can barely get out your lines, which is why Actors usually use spit buckets. Puking, we'll get into more of that later, but um, I think the time I had to puke in a movie, it was some type of soup and cornstarch, and it got all crusty. mm, It was gross. But I didn't have to fake the nausea too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Convenient. It is. There are some plus sides. Um, yeah, going back to alcohol, like I said, beer is usually subbed out for near beer or carbonated tea. Dark liquor is subbed out for a weak tea. Um, that's what was in the bottle of whiskey Jim Belushi downed in Animal House. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And clear liquors. Just water. Water, probably. Uh-huh. Um, Guinness is notoriously hard to replicate, and I read somewhere, I can't remember the actor, but he specifically made it a character choice <laughs> that his character only drank Guinness so he so could drink. So that he could just drink Guinness on set. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> For things like weed and cocaine, I've always wondered about this. There are whole shops that specialize in legal weed. Um, well, now that's kind of a weird sentence. Uh, like legal film weed. Okay. Yeah. Um, that won't get you high or well, won't get you very high. Yeah. I, I did read that um, the actors who worked on weed said that it did get them high, like oh. more high than regular weed. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's an herbal tobacco that allegedly does get you a little bit high. One of the brands is called Wizard Weed. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, for cocaine, it's probably something you'd use in baking, baking powder, powdered sugar, or crushed up vitamin B. Which, according to, uh, to to V. Kelly, will sting the crap out of your nose, but, you know. Yeah. I feel like it's Nicolas Cage. There's, like, a rumor that one actor really did do oh. cocaine. Ugh. I'm sorry if it's not Nicolas Cage. I do not mean to disparage you. <laughs> that I, If you happen to be if listening. If you're listening, Nick Cage. <laughs> I just, it's some actor, there's a rumor oh. that he really did. Might have done might have, cocaine. Might have hit it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But pivoting away from cocaine is probably <laughs> wise for us to do. Yeah. Let's talk about some historical uses of food in film. But first, a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so on film, back in the black and white days, blood started out as mostly chocolate syrup, which could be uh, thinned or thickened with just simple water or cornstarch or corn syrup or flour. Um, And it was used because it had better contrast than actual blood-colored products on the black and white. The the reds will show up sort of gray-black on black and white film, but browns are a little bit darker. So it provided that nice pop that you you really want in there. And even that's a huge huge improvement, I suppose, from the old stage trick of just using red handkerchiefs that you kind of throw around to indicate that you're bleeding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when Hitchcock's Psycho came out in 1960, a chocolate syrup is what they used in the infamous shower sequence, although they did have a newfangled contraption for dispensing it, plastic squeeze bottles. Oh, yeah. They had just come out for chocolate syrup. Yeah. Huh. Plastics make it possible. Though color film had been around for decades, it wasn't really affordable until around the 1950s, and even then— Filmmakers were still kind of getting used to it. So if you go back and watch the first um, color Hammer films, they, they, they were some of the first and, and kind of the most famous or infamous schlock films. Uh-huh. Um, the blood looks almost neon. It's this like laughably bright purplish red fuchsia color, like a, like a late 80s prom dress. Yeah. Yeah. But to uh, support Hammer films and other British productions, which were producing more horror at the time than American companies were because there were fewer restrictions about what could be shown on film in Britain than here in America, um, this retired pharmacist started up a brand of fake blood products in the 60s in Britain called Kensington Gore, (laughs) which is a pun on on a street named Kensington Gore in London. Right. It's kind of cute. Um, and this is also what they used for the elevator scene in The Shining. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, yeah, that, that brand. Um, yes. it's, it's now Kensington Gore is sometimes used as a generic term, sort of like Kleenex for any kind of fake blood product. Uh-huh. Um, and that might have been where the modern sugar syrup and food coloring formula of fake blood came into play first. Um, and I say sugar syrup, not corn syrup. Here in the U.S., it would usually be corn syrup. Corn syrup, it's very cheap. But in the U.K., uh, invert beet or cane sugar would generally be cheaper. Um, Invert is just a fancy way of saying, like, liquid at room temperature when you're referring to sugar products. Uh Yeah. Um, Over here in the United States, legendary Hollywood makeup artist Dick Smith used corn syrup. And his most classic recipe, seen in films such as The Godfather and Taxi Driver and The Exorcist— it's poisonous. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, uh, don't don't eat that one. Uh, it, it gets this um, kind of like splash and soak property of it um, from the addition of Kodak Photoflow, which is a chemical used to uh, decrease the surface tension of water when you're doing the final wash of of, of developing film, um, and thus you know decrease the potential for for streaks to show up on the finished film, mm-hmm. which you know is good. You, yeah. you, you wouldn't want streaks on there, but you also don't want to eat it. Yeah, you don't want to be poisoned either. <laughs> no, no. 
The infamous scene from Carrie when she gets blood dumped on her head was corn syrup and food coloring. The original, not the remake. It used some CGI. Uh, yes. Okay, so some CG was used for blood in the Carrie remake, but the infamous drop scene was practical. Um, mm. They did dozens of takes. They used like 300 to 400 gallons of fake blood in total, um, like different bucket sizes, different height drops uh, to get just the perfect effect. And apparently when director Kimberly Pierce asked um, the, the original director, um, Brian De Palma, how many takes, you know, he had done to get it right, he was like, what do you mean? We just did one. <laughs> um, wah, wah. I think <laughs> memory serves, Lauren. There's a video of you somewhere uh, in, a, in a, a prom dress of the 80s-ish <laughs> version uh, getting blood dumped on your head. Uh, yeah, we decided to do for Brain Stuff a video about... Um, about why blood is red as opposed to other colors. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided that the best way to do that was to drop blood on me, Carrie style. So where did pro... They're all going to laugh at you, Lauren. Uh, It was a very exciting day around the office. (laughs) There was a lot of uh, interesting logistical questions. Oh yeah, you can find that video on the internet. I'm I my acting was not really it's anyway. Um I've I've I had a lot of room for improvement and I and I feel and I feel much more accomplished these days. Excellent. If, if you dropped a bucket of blood on my head now, it would it would be You'd sell it a lot better. Oscar worthy. <laughs> okay. Well, we can arrange for that, Lauren. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Other than being a little bit cold eventually, it was a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah, so 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 corn corn syrup and food coloring is is the the basis for all of these because it's cheap mm-hmm. and it looks enough like blood that it looks like blood. But there are just endless permutations of fake blood recipes with uh, varying degrees of edibility and or palatability. I suppose um, non dairy creamer can provide some good opacity. Um, corn starch is excellent for thickening and also for opacity. Peanut butter, chocolate syrup, or gelatin can create a texture viscosity. Um, Cocoa or instant coffee crystals can uh, help with tinting, especially for blood stains. Uh Um, And a few drops of mint extract is a really popular way to make recipes less likely to upset your actors. Right. (laughs) And speaking of, I've got a a fun story here. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I was in a a horror movie. I've been in a few, but there was one where I had, um, I'd call it chocolate goop, like ghost it's, it was supposed to be kind of similar to The Conjuring, <laughs> if you've ever seen that, but there was, like, that black slime oh, okay. that represented the, like, possession the of, yeah, yeah, like, the ghost. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a very similar thing. It was made of chocolate, um, Hershey's chocolate syrup and cornstarch, I think. And it happens very early in the movie, and we happened to film it right, like, at the beginning of a 12-hour day. Oh, no. And I had—the director just— did the whole batch, you know, you know. Let me make sure I get the take. <laughs> so I'm, all of this chocolate syrup is pouring in my mouth, and it gets everywhere. And then for 12 hours, I'm just sitting in chocolate syrup, and it gets super hard, uh-huh. you know. So when I get up, <laughs> I'm having to walk like the marshmallow man, the Stay Puft marshmallow man. And at the time, I was still, I was working at How Stuff Works, but I had to work nights. And so I showed up at the office covered in chocolate goop, and there were still two editors in the office, and I won't name who they were. Uh huh. But um, they were enjoying a moonshine sent in from a listener. Uh huh. And they did not say a single thing about the fact that I was covered in some kind of mysterious, goopy Brown substance. substance. Uh-huh. And they just offered me some moonshine. Um, Up- upstanding, upstanding citizens, both. They I'm were. Sure. Yeah. And then later, at the end of the movie, <laughs> spoiler alert, I have to expel the, that's how I the get goop. rid of the ghost. Uh-huh. And I just remember everybody in the room, it was a small room, had to, uh, we set up plastic covering everywhere so that it wouldn't get over the camera. Like the camera had this oh. really funny shield all yeah, around it. Yeah. And I had the black goop in my mouth, and they were like, can you do this in one take? Just. Get it as far <laughs> everywhere as you can. <laughs> and I just remember being, like, psyching myself up. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and it went everywhere. Oh, good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a couple uh, a couple drops of blood stain on our green screen here at the office from 
that Aww. blood drop that we did that one time. <laughs> it shall be there always uh-huh. in as a reminder. <laughs> Apart from blood, maybe you're looking to create scabs or scrapes or burns. Um, Gelatin is really good for that. It's got a shininess, making it great for a burn or a scab. Um, For scrapes, cornflakes are great. I knew Tony (laughs) the Tiger was onto something. Um, If you want to imitate the look of a cut that's in the process of healing, you could use barbecue chicken. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, A dab of of, of corn syrup, uh, because it's sticky, can help affix things to skin if you don't have any spirit gum or another adhesive that is meant specifically to go on human skin. Yes. Do not glue things to your skin with stuff that is not meant to glue stuff to human skin with. Right. Aside from like corn syrup because it's food and it's not going to hurt you. Right. Lesson of the episode. Also, while uh, they are not strictly food, uh, paper towels um, and a plastic wrap can be of great use for for weird skin effects um, also. You can kind of stain paper towels with coffee or tea or food coloring or um, get some layers of plastic wrap going with maybe other items like spaghetti or something Mm -hmm. uh, in between them to, to, yeah, get some really gross-looking stuff. Man, Lauren and I are loving this. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and speaking of cornflakes— Older movies used cornflakes that were painted white for snowflakes. Oh, wow. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, They both have flake in the name. That's all you need. (laughs) It caused a bit of an audio problem, though. Um, The the crunching of the cornflakes interfered with the dialogue, so they'd have to record the audio after filming a scene with snow and then dub it in over the film. For It's a Wonderful Life. That stuff that goes in fire extinguishers, fomite, was mixed with 6,000 gallons of sugar, water, and soap flakes to get all of that snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the 1978 Superman movie, salt was used for snow. And there is the, I guess you can't really eat dry ice, but, you know, dry ice is used for creating, like, fog, atmospheric effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can also put it in a drink as long as you're careful not to swallow it. Yeah, we need to do an episode on that. You can use it to make ice cream. I've done that before in, oh. a, in a stand mixer. Yeah. I used it for uh, the volcano cake that oh, I made. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the eruption. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, let's talk innards. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of organs are produced in workshops from plastics or uh, from molded gelatin or from shaped bits of raw dough. Mm-hmm. Um, that heart that Daenerys eats in Game of Thrones, the first season, was made of gelatin and apparently tasted so chemical that she really wasn't faking being super nauseated by it because she ate, like, basically the whole thing. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gelatin in general is just a huge boon for the SFX industry. You know, it's, it's, it's less expensive and less time-consuming and less likely to cause an allergy than latex or silicone. Um, it's more detailed and has better staying power through long shoots than uh, other edible products with, like, flour or sugar or something like that. It does take time and effort to work with, but for, like, beyond the basics sort of effects, um, our, our expert V recommends it very highly. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, real meat has been used. Yes. For organs on, on set. Um, apparently, the effects team for George Romero's classic Day of the Dead bought up 44 pounds of pig entrails from a local meat processor. They did also use plastic ones, but for this one iconic scene, it was real entrails. Uh, In the scene, um, one of the characters is kind of torn in half at the midsection, and um, the effect was produced by having the actor's uh, real torso and lower body hidden beneath this false floor Mm -hmm. and then attached to his, you know, actual human head and shoulders and arms, um, was this fake body that could be ripped apart. Yeah. Um, And it was (laughs) stuffed with, like, a partial fake skeleton and real raw pig intestines and liver and sausages. Oh. And it was not a good time. Uh, It went rancid while they were filming. It was, like, a long filming process. And he was stuck in this rig for hours, and they brought him a ventilator so that he could breathe without, like, being ill. Yeah. Um, I... It's not recommended. <laughs> no, but what is recommended is if you are, have any interest in horror movies or this at all, the there's some pretty, I won't say extensive, but there's a, there's several photographs of how they did it. Oh, yeah. And it's fascinating looking yeah. and terrifying. Like when he, the actor has that ventilator mask oh, over yeah, his face. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, poor dude. Oh, poor dude. Yeah. They basically told him, like, like by the way, uh, don't eat or drink anything before you come to set tomorrow because you're going to be stuck in a pit for like— at least four hours. 
And he's like, okay. He's like, all right, cool. <laughs> and later that day, he's like, oh, why did I do this? <laughs> there, there's a whole book um, uh, called, I think, I think The Making of Day of the Dead, yeah. in which one of, the, one of the crew members just really details a lot of that stuff. So if, that's, if Romero is a, is a point of interest for you, as it is for many horror fans, then, mm-hmm. then go check that one out. Absolutely. On a less um, innards <laughs> side note, um, <laughs> to dye the horses purple in The Wizard of Oz, purple jello was used. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I think they, the horses kept licking each other, though. I seem to recall reading that. <laughs> one problem they created. <laughs> but going back to innards, what about robot innards? What about them? Yeah. Alien used water that was dyed white. They didn't want to use milk because it would spoil. Uh-huh. So water that was dyed white. Oh, good for that. Um, pasta, glass marbles, and cheap black caviar for the innards of the android Ash for something that um, definitely was not blood. It yeah. was it android. Did android stuff. Ugh. It was pretty effective. It was. Yeah. yeah. I still remember being affected by it. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Um I'm sure you've seen a movie or TV show where a baby is born and it's all goopy and shiny. Have you thought to yourself, hmm, now I know they didn't just find a newly born baby in that hospital. (laughs) Well, hypothetically, if you have thought this, you were correct. That goopy stuff is probably a mixture of grape jelly and cream cheese. Um, SAG, (laughs) the uh, Union Screen Actors Guild, um, has rules about what kinds of jelly you can use on baby actors. Grape, cherry, and red currant are acceptable, but strawberry and raspberry aren't. In case the baby has allergies. Oh, mm-hmm. good, good looking out, Zach. Yeah. And somehow I missed this scene, but this came up a lot oh, when we were researching. It's quite a scene. Well, um, from Game of Thrones Season 7, there's a scene where um, Samwell, he, he has to clean up a bunch of poop yeah. <laughs> from toilets. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Bed pans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fruitcakes dumped and water shaped and aged. That's what was the poop. Aged. I know, right? <laughs> they, I can't remember how long they said that scene. It's a very oh, short goodness. scene, but to do that, it took days or something. Well, it's a whole, like, almost like Aronofsky-esque sequence of, yeah. like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Related, the river of poop and the Shawshank Redemption that Tim Robbins' character uh, crawls out of to freedom was not in fact, poop, but a mixture of chocolate syrup and sawdust. Hmm. Yeah, apparently the, the the real pipe was super toxic, and they were like, "Oh, oh <laughs> maybe we, we shouldn't. Have we shouldn't do that. have Tim Robbins do that." Oops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but visual effects aren't the only thing food is good for in terms of entertainment. We'll get into some of that after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. hmm yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. 
Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Let's talk about audio. We are an audio podcast, I, after all. I su- oh, oh, heck, is that what we're doing? Did you think we were just having a, a regular old conversation <laughs> with microphones in front of us? <laughs> Could be. This is how I talk to all my friends. <laughs> just so you carry around a microphone everywhere, yeah. just in case you say something golden. A pair of headphones, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, we are planning on returning to this in more detail, hopefully, soon yeah. in the future. Yeah, because we, we really want to try to hook up with a Foley artist who can kind of show us how everything works. Yeah, and get to maybe experiment. Yeah. Um, but for now, here are some examples. So going back to Psycho. For the famous shower scene, the sounds of stabbing, several different melons were compared and the cassava melon was judged to be the most realistic. Hitchcock himself picked that one. He, he was did. like, that's the head sound right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're listening to when Janet Lee is stabbed in the shower is the sound of a knife going into a cassava melon. Um, watermelon is more frequently used for the sound of a skull busting open. I've also heard of a smushing a head of like lettuce or cabbage, just like putting your full weight on it and letting it kind of... <laughs> <sighs> We should do sound effects, Lauren. We, we do should. so good. Um, for ripping someone's heart out, the pumpkin is the food of choice. Sound artists record themselves opening up a pumpkin and then gutting the innards with their hands. Ooh. Think about that next time. Yeah. You're carving a pumpkin. Cool. Um, dried pasta is used for bone breaking. You can crunch up all kinds of stuff for that crunch. <laughs> for impact sounds involving muscle, sound artists might tear, chew, snap, or slice some lettuce, bok choy, or celery, things like that. Yeah, uh, even something just as innocent as, as the sound of cracking knuckles or like adjusting your neck can can involve that kind of that kind of a uh, uh, yes, good good fibrous vegetable <laughs> sound. Um, v also mentioned that shredding cabbage um, with a saw sounds exactly like a neck being sawn through. I did not question how she knew that. No. Um, some Foley artists uh, also add extra layers of sound, like um, uh, celery wrapped in a damp cloth for, for breaking bones with kind of like a spray of blood involved, mm-hmm. um, or, uh, or smushing pieces of apple with a, a chamois cloth was what was used when Hannibal Lecter ate a guard's face. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> like, how did... How do you come up How with that? How do you come things? up with that? I don't know. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking to recreate the sound of something creeping through the woods, look no further than a bag of potato chips. Mm-hmm. The crunching of a chip sounds like footfalls on dried dead leaves or even dense underbrush. I believe I read Platoon used that sound effect. And you can sprinkle shredded coconut over lettuce leaves if you want to make a like snow or ash fall. Uh-huh. Yeah. Half coconuts that are filled with a padding of some type actually are used for horse hooves, as demonstrated in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Uh, You can also use half coconuts for impacts to a skull. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Uh, Maybe maybe along with some lettuce for that that fun crunch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our brief sound sound (laughs) section. And this brings us to our interview portion. Yeah. We had V in the studio with us yesterday. So um, so let's uh, hear part of that conversation. We are joined today by our film industry friend, V. Kelly. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 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 V, um, could you tell us a little bit about your job? What, what do you do? Why are you here? 
my usual answer to that question is I kill people for a living. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. We've got to get out of here now, Lauren, right now. <laughs> We are in a sound dampened room. Oh my goodness, it's the perfect trap. <laughs> so I work with um I, I fake kill people. Oh, okay. okay. That's that's better. So blood effects, I make fake weapons and kill you with those and then design how those things happen, whether it be theater or film. Um and build the organs that get ripped out of your chest. And if we want that heart still thumping, I do that. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's the best job ever. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a crazy, Fantastic. crazy dream job for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, you're, you're tasked with creating all kinds of, of different effects. Um, how often does food get used in that? Oh, more, than, more, more often than not. Um, I think because I do a lot of work that is low budget. Uh, food ends up being what we use. It's disposable. It's safer for people. We're talking about just allergies to a food as opposed to an allergic reaction to silicone or latex or something like that. So food is just it's just safer. It's cheaper, easier to clean. Is there a lot of experimenting with oh, yeah. food and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. You never you never use the same thing twice. You're never doing the same gag twice. And the things that these writers and these directors and that they want, and then having to deal with the camera people and, and then the, <laughs> the costume people. I don't oh, want to ruin yeah. their clothes. Props people. Everybody's so worried about their own stuff. I'm like, why can't I just cover that all in blood? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I just bring them a bunch of bags and drops and, you know, they end up looking like Lady Gaga covered in plastic bags so they don't get sprayed. <laughs> <laughs> One of the last things I did up in North Georgia uh, I had them bag the cameras and all the walls so we didn't get any. And they were like, where is the blood going to go? And I was like, I, I, I don't know, actually. I really don't know where this blood is going to go. It's going to go everywhere. Let's just bag everything. So we do that, and there's some people off camera, like around the corner of a wall. And I do my effect, and it's a CO2 rig. It sprays all over the place. People that weren't even in the room got covered in blood. What? That's fantastic. Yeah. That sounds—you you sound like a blood wizard. Like the sound—that <laughs> sounds physically impossible, but in a really fun way. I hope blood wizard is on your resume. Yeah, it's my D and D character. Oh, excellent, blood wizard. <laughs> uh, speaking of blood, uh, blood is kind of like the the, the, the classic effect. It's—I mean, because it can go into any kind of movie. Like a rom com can have a blood effect in it. Um, what? Uh, and, and and I think the the classic recipe is just corn syrup and food mm-hmm. coloring, right? Yeah, corn syrup, food coloring. Um, I always we just get the food coloring at the store at the grocery store, but I always recommend checking the boxes because around Halloween people will take all the red out of the little boxes, and then you'll just come home and all you'll have is green, and you're like, I'm not making alien blood today. Dang, I need real blood. (laughs) But you know, you do want you do want reds and blues and yellows in with your red. Um, I like to use this color called caramel. Also, Uh it's a little thicker of a food dye, but uh, you you have all these colors at your disposal. Um, I also pick up Jello boxes, like a, a, like a black cherry Jello. You can grab all those little packets, and um, and that's great. But you got to think about how old is this blood? Has it been rotting and drying on this person? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. zombie blood is going to be darker and blacker. Uh-huh. Is this fresh blood? It's going to be a lot more orange because it's going to be pumping out of you. Um, so you basically just have to dye it for for the occasion, the blood occasion. <laughs> So many blood occasions, yeah. and, and different thicknesses and uh, and, mm-hmm. and purposes for yeah. Again, like like whether it's going to be staining a clothing or if it's just getting thrown around in buckets or mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, I know that soap is not a food item, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, not that's a directly. really good base for blood if you're needing to get it off of clothes. Like starting with a laundry detergent. Oh, cool. Also, it'll prevent the blood from beating up. Because it's a surfacant. I think I'm saying that word wrong, but yeah, it, it, um, it helps. Uh, Prevents beating? Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it changes the surface tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You obviously don't want to use soap for your mouth blood or anything like that. You could use some like uh, mouthwash would be a good base for that. But Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one set that I was uh, with with you on, um, you gave the actors a, uh, a tooth wash um, to, to stain their teeth to make them kind of look like gross and yellow and, and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that was tea tree oil, right? Yeah, it prevents gingivitis. Oh, oh good. <laughs> so it's it's a kind of dual purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, like you know, the the mouthwash tends to be like if you're having to pop that blood in your mouth, say it's a theater thing. 
you know, a couple times during the whole run, mm-hmm. a day or a night, and it can get, it can burn your mouth a little bit. So tea tree oh, oil really? is a little less invasive uh-huh. for you, and you know, just put it in a little sandwich bag or something, tie a quick knot, and they can keep the little pouch in their mouth, and then uh-huh. when they're ready to spit oh. that blood, they can bite down into it and squirt that out, or they can swish with it to get a nice tooth wash <laughs> of blood. <laughs> Lovely. Who, who wants a zombie or a vampire with pristine teeth? You I need, know. You need blood and flesh bits on there. Ooh, you know? yeah, flesh bits. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of some of that chunkier stuff, how um, <laughs> how do um, how, how do the larger kind of kind of mm, more viscous elements work? Like if you're if you're making an organ, are an you, organ. Are, are mm. you just gonna go like buy a pig organ? Well, you can. Um, I've used a pig heart uh, before. Um, they come in threes. Oh, really? They're huge. They're enormous. So you have to literally sew these hearts back together with leather tools. Oh, and, wow. I mean, in the in the hot, hot heat of Georgia, it's real fun to work with a bloody pig heart. Oh, and goodness, my gracious. Caro syrup, blood, and you just turn that human into like a fruit roll-up, and then they're holding a real pig heart, and it flies all over the place. It's... It's oh, really wow. glamorous. We use a lot of like flour and water, a lot of dough stuff, like biscuit dough. You can get the get the little cans that freak you out when you try to pop them. Oh yeah, you, know, yeah. you feel them. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, I can't put the spoon on. And then it pops, and everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that, ball it up into shapes, dip that into some blood with different dyes. Uh, vanilla pudding is really good. Just getting like or butterscotch tapioca, just globbing that into stuff. You're gonna get pussy stuff Ooh. that will get nice and good with. Puss and blood on your organs. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend using real animal organs and cuts of meat. We've shoved like a pork tenderloin into a leg that we sawed open one time and kind of left that in there for a little too long oh. at one point. And the smell oh. is just rancid. It is just awful. Yeah, I imagine it's a lot nicer. Like if like if vanilla pudding starts to get like just a little bit funky, I mean, A, yeah. a that stuff is made of of science and, <laughs> and magic and like it's not, so it's not gonna, it's not really gonna go off the way that for sure a tenderloin mm-hmm. would. <laughs> I say I would go with vegetables more. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Because uh, you're gonna get that nice snap for the bone if you're getting through there, but <laughs> Fleshy stuff, like using some melons, a melon is great. Just carving, cutting a melon and carving it into the shape of whatever you need. Treat it so it looks like a body part or an organ. But uh, fruit and vegetables soak up dyes and stuff too. So you can shape that stuff and carve it. There was another one I used. um, The directors wanted, this was another film in North Georgia. They wanted a pig head. Oh, goodness. Um, and, and they wanted it in several different forms. They wanted it, look like it to look like it was cooked. Then we also had to cut the pig head. And then we had a dream sequence where it was used as a mask. So I oh had to make goodness. a mold. Uh-huh. And I didn't have time to sculpt. Like, I'm, I was building this stuff out of the back of my truck in a carport in the <laughs> mountains of North Georgia. And I'm, like, wearing a Jeffrey Dahmer apron. And just, you know, if it starts raining, I just throw a tarp and I just crawl in there. And I use my little mobile effects lab in there. But I didn't have time to sculpt it and make a mold. So the props girl went to uh, a farmer's market here in Atlanta and drove it all the way up to Iwasi. And I made a mold of this frozen pig head. And it... You know, he was. Oh my goodness! It, it I used actual mold making supplies like that you use for body casting. Super mm-hmm. expensive stuff, but normally takes about uh, maybe twenty minutes to cure. This took seven hours to cure. Oh, oh it what? turned out great, and I was able to make the pig head mold, and <laughs> and it, it was fantastic. But I mean, I, there was blood all inside of the mold, and cleaning that out, and it oh, was just wow. That's so cool. I don't recommend doing it though. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about what about some of those um, other fun bodily fluids? Like I mean, you like like clearly, or I mean, for for most directors anyway, you probably don't want anything on set that's going to actually make people vomit. Mm-hmm. So what, <laughs> it depends on how much realism you're going for, I suppose. There's a lot of things that you can't show on television. I never know what it is. There's a lot of things you can't say. Uh, um. I don't think you can show feces, but we have on your pretty face. Huh. Um, I think it was season one. Huh. Um, my buddy Shane went to the crafty table. A crafty table is where you get all your snacks and stuff on sets, and and it's like opening a fridge. You just open the fridge and you <laughs> stare at it for a minute and you walk away. The crafty table is like that. So he went over there and he found some crafty brownies and he got a little sandwich bag and he cut a hole in the sandwich bag and he shoved the brownies in there 
and just <laughs> squeezed in out like it was icing. Uh-huh. But it, but because it was thick like a brownie, it came out in little turds. Uh. <laughs> and like landed on our actor uh, Henry Zabrowski's face, just landed just beautifully, like across his face. And he was he was actually hanging upside down at the moment, and it submerged in a, a tub of water. I think he was having flashbacks in there or something. Uh. But, uh, but uh, we've done that. So, so brownie's great for feces. Um, I think we we've used like little. Kale sprigs and stuff to shove in them just to give it a little bit of a fiber bit of texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean that's what we've used before. Uh, like everything that you you can find on the crafty table is something that you can use for vomit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just get yourself a nice base. Like mushroom soup is fantastic. Oh sure, yeah. Um, adding something that gives a little bit of color, some fruity pebbles or something. Just, ah. just imagine, just really think about what that person has eaten that day, and just you know, <laughs> character specific. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Like oatmeal is great. Ooh, that yeah. and, and that'll like uh, that'll swell and be dried or whatever you want, depending on. It's a uh, uh, one that my buddy. Uh, I think it was um, my buddy Marcus, Marcus Koch, who works out of L.A. He His favorite thing to do is uses corned beef hash and milk. Oh, my goodness. And that's Ooh. disgusting. Yeah, that yeah. sounds real gross. That like, sounds like I would g- gag a little bit for real on that. But. Yeah. No. I mean, well, I don't recommend using real milk. Use almond milk because those lights oh, yeah. can make things gnarly. Ooh. Like, you know those pictures when you're a kid of the cereal boxes and there's milk dripping on the spoon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Elmer's glue. Oh, is it really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they can't do that now. You have to use real food stuffs for that. But, uh, but yeah, don't use real milk. Oh, and don't use honey. Use maple syrup if you've got to coat a human body in honey. Mm, you know, maple <laughs> syrup works just fine. It's cheaper. It doesn't <laughs> solidify as quickly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you can wash that off a lot easier. Having the conversations with costume to be like, okay, well, do you have a double of this because I have actual food dye in this blood or in this mm, this liver. Yeah, <laughs> or this pig heart, um, <laughs> and and then you know, and then we have to reset, reset again. So you want to do things in like a very uh, try to do things as quick as possible. So using things that aren't dyes is, is really helpful. But you know, the conversations that I have with these directors too, it, it's just. It's like, well, do you? I mean, how much after birth do you want? I mean, how long has this 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 fish baby been on this woman's chest? And, and we need to know. He, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have an episode with with Bobcat Goldthwait's Misfits and Monsters that I cannot share, but we did use bananas as afterbirth in a in a pinch from uh, from crafty from craft table. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, was great. Just dripping all over the actress, and it was dripping off the baby, and there's just it. You're like, what is that? What the hell is that? And it's just bananas smashed up. Wow. So that's so, so, it's, so it's an actual common occurrence where, like, I, I mean, like, I, I assume that you have some kind of like plan going in, but but then on set something changes, or they ask for something slightly different, or you realize that someone that one of the actors has a, a cocoa allergy or something like that, and all of a sudden you're just like, well, okay, what's uh, you know, there's some Cheetos, perfect. Oh yeah, I mean, you have to pack for war. Like, have a really nice kit, but that crafty table is your best friend. <laughs> Cheetos, great for brain stuff, so I'll tell more about that later. But, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you do have to, you have to be, you kind of have to MacGyver it. You have to be the daughter, uh, me, my lady, uh, <laughs> the daughter of Martha Stewart and MacGyver. So you have to be able to problem solve really quickly, and and and, and you get that by experience or just... Just thrifty this. You know, you're just like, oh, man, this would be so cool. Let's try that. Because, I, I know, like I said, I never do the same gag twice. Yeah. As a secret, I'll share. Uh, diet soda, I mix with my blood a lot if I'm going to be doing a spray rig because it's already carbonated. Oh. So it has it gives it a little extra oomph. oomph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it just gives it, it sprays out a lot better. You get a little bit more of a dusting of the <laughs> of the blood and stuff. So uh, Diet Coke specific, or not Diet well, soda. Sure. No, it's we're in Atlanta. Diet, right? All, all sodas are Coke here. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> the proper name for them. Very true. <laughs> Very true. But I mean, like, I can use silicone for prosthetics and things uh-huh. like that. But, but that, that, that's such a that's, that stuff's so expensive. There's one store in my area here in Atlanta, Engineer Guy. They're fantastic. But there's one store within like a 500 mile radius, basically, that sells all these special effects su- supplies. So. 
people in in more rural areas. Um, there's this woman, I think it's like Tiffany Bay's special effects or SFX on, um, she's like 17, she's on Instagram, found her on there. Um, she makes uh, mortician's wax, which is some of the oldest stuff that, that you can use. It's just paste wax. It's wax like and like you, paraffin wax? Yeah, basically, yeah, uh-huh. and it's a flesh tone. Um, and you can make crazy wounds with it, dress it with blood, cover up seams with that. It's fantastic stuff. But she she posted that she uses flour and Vaseline, and there's just a little coloring. I'm like, that's brilliant. I mean, oh, for like for like scabs and scars and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like to to build a prosthetic, to, build up, to, yeah. to have a gunshot and have it like gaping open with little skin flapping. Like oh, that's what mm-hmm. she she used, and it looks like the real stuff that we'd buy in the store. Oh wow! In the special effects shop, that that stuff's great. I mean, scab stuff you're talking about, that's just jelly and nutritional yeast. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can get some weird stuff out of your fridge for scabs. Well, even not gory stuff, prosthetic-wise. Oh, yeah. You can go through your your spice cabinet or your mom's spice cabinet. Those little, you know those little <laughs> anise stars? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're beautiful. Um, the, I mean, I guess you can't really—I mean, they're edible, I suppose— Sure. Just yeah. probably horrible in one big bite. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to eat a whole one, but you could. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to hurt you. You can use that stuff for like mermaid makeup. Glue it to their hen. Oh, yeah. It's really pretty. Maybe use some cake decorating supplies, little little pearl balls and stuff like that. You can get pretty crazy with – because special effects – I also do special effects makeup or um, – special makeup effects or whatever you want to call it. It's turning people into monsters or pretty people into monsters or monsters into pretty people, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, you can get decorative. It doesn't always have to be gory. I mean, if you wanted it, and making them dirty too, um, dirtying up their skin and or instead of using actual makeup, you can use cocoa powders, you know, various levels of that. So you've got your extra dark, your special dark. Mm-hmm. Then you've got, you know, your milk chocolate powders, um, any of that, any any of that stuff. Flour, obviously, you can whiten up people with that. Brush that on their skin. And it's also good for uh, adjusting costumes too. If they've been crawling through the dirt, just put some cocoa powder on them. They smell great. Yeah, <laughs> much cheaper <laughs> too. Fantastic. Much yeah. cheaper than special effects makeup. Turmeric. That's like bright yellow. You can come up with something to use that for. And <laughs> coffee grinds, all that stuff. Like it's all. You can stain a human yeah. easily with that stuff. <laughs> and I've I've definitely done the the silly thing where I've um, dirt stained a dress by rubbing it in the dirt, but that's but that's not advisable. You don't want to do that because there's parasites in dirt. There's bugs. There's allergens in there that you may not be aware that you're allergic to, or or certainly, hopefully, not your talent. You know, right, you yeah. don't want to stick something on your talent, and all of a sudden they have this massive boily rash. That you didn't make out of food. Uh, they <laughs> acquired themselves. You don't, and yeah. all of a sudden they have ringworm. Oh. That's, yeah, that's not, yeah, you don't want to be rubbing stuff in the dirt. No. Like that. No. Can we do a little, like, improv experiment with you? Like, let's say that we were filming a foodstuff horror movie. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. And um, and Annie wanted to, it's like it's sort of like Highlander. Like, like Annie wanted to, like, gain my power by eating my brain. Why am I the villain here? <laughs> I want to gain Annie's power by eating her brain. I, I'm no, fine. wait a minute. I don't want to be that person either. All right, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. we're both eating Dylan's brain. He okay, doesn't have a microphone, cool. so he can't complain. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but you can't leave the building. Okay. So we, I, I will say that because we have covered me in blood uh, here at How Stuff Works before, like there is probably some caro syrup and like a like a like a tub of Ben Nye blood powder. Okay, perfect. On premises. But other than that, um, there's like some restaurants downstairs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a pizza place, a burger joint, ramen place. Uh, Pretty much any kind of food you can imagine. Indian, yeah. Okay, I mean, we, I mean you got everything you need in this building. Okay. To yeah. eat some brains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what would you do? Well, first step is to make sure that everything is clean and sterile. If you're going to be shoving your mouth onto her open skull, <laughs> anything that gets put on her head, I mean, I've got gloves. The containers are going to be sterile and because I don't, I, nothing, I don't want anybody else's mouth to be on that. Sure. Um, sure. It's, it's, like a, it's like a kitchen. It's like a professional kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, I would uh, probably—I can't shave your head. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I would probably get something doughy to, to to start with to stick everything onto your head. So let's go to the pizza dough place. Okay. It's a little ball of pizza dough. Glob that onto her head. Uh-huh. Um, we could probably find some cheesy poofs in your oh, yeah, yeah, kitchen right. over here. Totally. Um, granted, they're bright orange, but you got those nice curls, which is like how a brain oh, yeah. kind of lays. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, All those wrinkles, yeah. That's a that's a little special Shane Morton trick <laughs> we had done to do some brains, those little cheesy poofs. Um, <laughs> and you can change the color of that with your fake blood and stuff. But, you know, I mean, any of those shops down there, we can we can get something syrupy and turn it into dripping blood all over your mouth more and just <laughs> just— <laughs> I mean, the the coffee shop downstairs gets some chocolate syrup. I mean, these are all basics, but I mean, I usually I don't know what I'm going to use when it comes to that last minute stuff until uh-huh. I open that fridge. Until you yeah. look at it. At, and stare at that crafty table oh, or look at my kit, you know. Uh-huh. Um, if, if, say, you've been dead for a minute and uh-huh. laying in the grass and your brain's been eaten open and uh, there's ants crawling on you, Cocoa Krispies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We can get little ketchup bottles at the little condiment station. Yeah. Ooh, condiments are the best, by the way. Sriracha, whoo. That's, that's such a nice color to use. We get a little squirt <laughs> bottle, and, and as you're you're pulling the brains out of her mouth, you can have someone off camera just squeezing the ketchup bottle and blood squirting all over the place. <laughs> really get into it. I think we, we should do a short a short scene. Oh, and then, oh, we can, oh, okay, we can maybe, okay, how does your head get smashed open? Oh, okay. okay. Smash it through a window, through one of these sound booth windows, oh, okay? Oh, Yeah, my because gosh. that's another common food product. Another another common food product for special effects is sugar glass. Mm-hmm. You ever see anybody smash somebody in the head with a bottle oh, or yeah. they go through the glass? I mean, there's, there's fake rubber glass that takes like 18 hours to set up. It's really fun, and I love using it, but um, this is something that's super difficult, and I haven't found anybody in Atlanta that can actually make the sugar glass recipe mm. work well because it's it's getting the right colors and it goes into the oven. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't looked it up in a little while, but if it's if you've baked it for too long, the glass can turn like golden and oh. burnt. That, but huh. you, the fake glass is just sugar, mm-hmm. so we can smash your head with them. <laughs> with a fake sugar glass window and have the shards sticking out of your head. Oh, yeah, I'm so on board. <laughs> <laughs> so on board. Um, well, thank you so much yes, for being our you. first non-house stuff works in-house guest <laughs> on food stuff. It's very exciting. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was great. Yay. Yeah. And that's the end of our super special jam-packed special effects episode. Yeah. I hope that uh, you enjoyed it as much as we did. And that you weren't too squicked out by all of the uh, bodily fluids conversation. Yeah. And um, thanks again so much to V for being here. Yes, absolutely. Oh, man. It was awesome to talk to her. I could have, we could have gone on and on. And she has inspired me and hopefully some of you listeners. I want to make a food stuff short film horror. Yes. We can, we got to add in all of the things we mentioned. We got to find a way to incorporate like, <laughs> Ash fall with the <laughs> coconut falling on lettuce. We need some sugar glass. I don't know. But our 100th episode is coming up, and I think, you know, <laughs> I, I'm percolating on some ideas, but I think there's something to this. I think so, too. We're going to go to our boss. We need $100 so. million. <laughs> we got this special effects film. It's going to be great, but we really need the funding. Yeah. It just makes sense, business-wise. I mean, clearly. Yeah. That's how all audio podcasts should celebrate. Exactly. <laughs> really large-scale horror production. Mm-hmm. Listeners, please, if you, if you have a creative streak, if you're looking to try out any of these practical food effects, we would love to see them. Yes. Oh, so much. Yes. Yeah. Or if you do your own uh, Foley work at home, like, yeah. like send us audio clips, let us know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this brings us to Listener Mail. <laughs> you sounded like an old lady at the end. Oh, did I? An old lady that saw a ghost. Or no, an old lady ghost. That's what it was. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, I got there. <laughs> Cam wrote to us about banana ketchup. It has an interesting history in that it was first created during World War II when there was a tomato shortage in the country because of the war. Since the Philippines was an American colony and therefore American foods were popular, 
ketchup had become an important enough condiment locally that a substitute for tomato ketchup had to be found. Ah. Since bananas were abundant, a man named Magdalo V. Francisco created a recipe that used that made use of cooked mashed bananas, vinegar, spices, and sugar to create a ketchup-like sauce. The resulting mixture is dyed with food coloring to make it look more like tomato ketchup. The basic recipe hasn't changed, and Francisco's product still exists today under the brand name Jufran. In the years since banana ketchup was first created and sold, it remains popular over here in the Philippines mostly because it's sweeter and cheaper than tomato ketchup. It's used on its own as a condiment for everything you normally eat ketchup with, including Spam, a popular, a popular breakfast item here served with garlic, fried rice, and eggs, and fried chicken. But one of the most common and, according to non-Filipino friends, very weird <laughs> uses of banana ketchup is as a base for spaghetti sauce. Filipino-style spaghetti sauce is quite sweet, and many local recipes for spaghetti, especially ones that are meant to be served at children's birthday parties, often involve tipping a substantial amount of banana ketchup into the sauce to enhance flavor and color, or sometimes using it as the base in place of tomato sauce. Oh, wow. Sliced-up hot dogs are then added to the sauce for protein. This sounds delicious. (laughs) I personally prefer a tangier sauce, but lots of Filipinos have very fond memories of sweet birthday spaghetti, and so will happily indulge in it when they can. And lastly, there's an interesting story told in the Philippines about banana trees. Legend has it that blooming banana trees are particularly special because if you happen to be at the right tree at midnight, a magical gemstone or pearl will drop from the banana flower. In order to catch it, you have to lie underneath the flower and catch the gem in your mouth as it falls. At this point, you may be attacked by various monsters and supernatural creatures who also want the stone, but because they can't touch it as it falls from the flower, they have to wait until a human catches it before they can try and steal it for themselves by throttling the human until they spit it out. However, if you are able to hang onto the stone for a whole minute, then you become the stone's owner for good, and it cannot be taken away from you. Why go through all that trouble for a stone? (laughs) Well, supposedly the stone's magic is so powerful that it protects the owner from any and all dangers, whether from the living, the dead, or the supernatural. And some stories say that it'll also give you the power of invisibility. However, some other stories say that these benefits might not even be worth it at, at the end because taking and using the stone means you have used magic, and using magic defies the laws of God and automatically sells your soul to Satan. The last part is obviously <laughs> something tacked on after the Spanish colonized the Philippines, <laughs> but the bits before it might be rooted to older pre-colonial legends and myths. Oh. Then she went on to advise us not to try this because she didn't want to be responsible for um, maiming by supernatural creatures. Yeah. No, understandable. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds, it sounds like a nice gig, but I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. It does. It sounds like all of the Deathly Hollows from Harry Potter oh, mixed into one. Right? Yeah. You got your invisibility, your, your Elder Wand for, like, superpowers. I don't know about the Resurrection Stone. Yeah. Almost there. Almost there. Working towards it. <laughs> very, very cool. And I'm I'm determined, and I think you are as well, to try banana ketchup someday. Oh, so much. Yeah. 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 Um, Jenny wrote, During the margarita episode, I was delighted to hear you mention my favorite cocktail, the gin daisy. When I was in grad school, I was very stressed out. My then boyfriend, now husband, would try to help by making me a cocktail when I got home. He'd open up his bartender guidebook and see what he could make with what was on hand. One day, that turned out to be a gin daisy, and I promptly fell in love with both him and this more adult version of pink lemonade. Apparently, they were once a more popular drink, but now bartenders rarely know how to make one. So for a while, I had a card in my wallet with the recipe so I could hand it to the server when I tried to order one and they looked confused. Meanwhile, if you do want to try Moco Loco, but you're conflicted about spam and its ethical quandaries, you could try this version. And she links to it. Um, It uses ground pork instead of spam. Personally, I like to add a bit of minced ginger and some soy sauce to the browned meat and top it with cilantro and green onions. Trust me, and don't try using reduced fat pork or it won't crisp up as well. Yes. A lot of people wrote in about substituting spam with ground beef if you want to try a locomoco. Oh, yeah. We got to have a foodstuff. (laughs) We got to do a lot of things. But we need a foodstuff like (laughs) potluck where we make a bunch of things, try a bunch of things from episodes. Yeah. And this has to be one. I'm determined to try this. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and I also love that she carried around a cocktail card. Right. Oh, that that's is so great. So practical. That is. That's lovely. I, I know. That's, you know, come on. I, it, I mean, this is also why I default to, like, to like whiskey on the rocks when I'm at bars because I'm right. like, what can they not mess up? We need to get a bunch of guards put in. Just, yeah. And have, a, like, a random, let's see what's on the <laughs> random card, what random <laughs> cocktail are we having today? This sounds like a dangerous card game. It does. Works, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So thanks to both of them for writing us. And you too can write us. And please, if you do any food stuff, special effects, videos, or sound, send them in. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We're also on social media. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, we are foodstuffhsw. On uh, Instagram, which we are also on, we are at foodstuff. Uh, we hope to hear from you. Thank you so much again to V. Kelly and to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, who gives the best advice mid-episode. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.